Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are in this amazing country. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are going to be sharing this with Lyle and Mon this morning. But of course... If you are listening to this right now, you need to understand you are listening to the delayed broadcast. Our show has already gone to air and therefore we know what's going to happen. And one of the things that we know is going to happen is that there's going to be some technical difficulties. I'm having difficulty saying difficulty here this morning. There's going to be some technical difficulties. So you will notice a few changes to the show but the most important part of the show today's show is where we in where we interview Darren Pratt of course Darren Pratt has spent his lifetime in children's ministry as a children's pastor as a departmental director uh, here in the North New South Wales conference we're going to ask him some tough questions about um, about how professionals such as himself and school chaplains and children's pastors should act in the presence of children. We're going to talk about Archbishop Philip Wilson and we're going to talk about how that, um, you know, you know and, and the continuing scandal there as he continues to refuse to resign his permission after calls from Bill Shorten and uh, Malcolm Turnbull and his fellow bishops. And Malcolm Turnbull has now called on um, Pope Francis to sack him because he's refusing to go. Um, so that's what, that's coming up in today's show. We know all about it because, of course, it's already gone to air. Of course, if you want to listen to the live show, which is so much better and you can participate in such a better way, simply go to faithfm.com.au or download the TuneIn app. Now, to download the TuneIn app, very simple. Just download it when it comes up and says, do you want a free trial? Ignore that box and click the X in the top right-hand corner and it'll just work. So make it your favorite um, and you can listen to it there. Of course, we're going to be having our encounter with God where we find a story that in some ways is actually quite humorous, even though the disciples do end up in jail. Not the first time, not the last time that this is going to happen in the Bible, that God's people end up in jail and how they respond to that. And then, of course, how the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the ruling class respond to the events that take place. We have a great quiz We have that will very much challenge you. We have a great question of the day about revenge. And, of course, if you make it all the way down to the end of the show, and we expect that you will, you will be able to get the free giveaway by being the first caller through on our number, 1-800-324-843. And uh, one of the other um, issues that Mon will talk about and that we will reference is uh, the possibility of doing a four-day week. But anyway, stay tuned. All that and more to come.
isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I wouldn't write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
Cake. We're having a birthday party, Mon. Oh, we are? Who's it for? I mean, 
There's only 10 candles For the station Mine Faith FM Is 10 years old No way Can I invite my friends Invite them all Just RSVP On the Facebook event Or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM For more info That's 1-800-324-843 We'll see you there Welcome back, everybody. We have a very special guest joining us here in the studio today, and Darren Pratt has spent a lifetime in children's ministry. How many How many years have you spent in children's ministry, Darren? Well, I've been 12 years in the office, but I was a pastor before then, so most of my ministry has been in children's ministries. So, so uh, deep out, departmental director for uh, 12, years. 12 years, and then, uh, yeah, children's pastor and so forth. And we want to talk about... Um, you know, uh, particularly, um, how, you know, how how we deal with children today from a pastoral perspective, and what kind of boundaries do we set in place to ensure that abuse doesn't happen? Because once again, we have Archbishop Philip Wilson in the news. Yes, I was hearing that this morning. I was driving in, talking about this very thing, calling for his. Um, sacking for the Pope Turnbull's calling for the Pope to sack him It baffles my imagination Number one Why hasn't he resigned You know Because surely somebody In this situation Who has been convicted Of an offence Against children You know Would resign his position As a, as a member of the clergy And and secondly With everybody calling for him you know, Malcolm Turnbull Has called for him to resign Bill Shorten Has called for him to resign His fellow bishops Have called to him, for him to resign And he just refuses I mean this has got to be A massive slap in the face To the victims that are out there. Well, yeah, and the question is, um, in any other institution outside the church, he would have been gone. Oh, absolutely. Well, what about our church? What would have happened if one of our conference presidents had committed this kind of an act? Our protocols are if you're accused of something, you stand down straight away while mm-hmm. the investigation occurs. Yes. And then either a sacking or a reinstatement happens at the end of that process. Absolutely. So, that's clear. Very clear. That's, that's, that's clear. It doesn't matter what you're accused of. If it's to do with children, that is the process we follow. Well, it's good to see that uh, Malcolm Turnbull has caught up with Faith FM Foot because we called on Pope Francis to sack uh, Philip Wilson here on Faith FM a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> he must so be listening. <laughs> he must be listening and catching up with us uh, with what we're, what we're uh, have been talking about. But you know, you know, Archbishop Philip Wilson, um, you know, neglected to do anything about um, you know probably one of the most um, infamous pedophiles priests that we had here in Australia, James Fletcher. Right here in Newcastle. Right here in Newcastle, that's right. And as a result of that, obviously he's been convicted of that, of of not doing anything about it. But, um, you know, when we, uh, you know, just looking at that whole situation now, he's been, you know, uh, convicted and sentenced to, you know, what many people are calling um, (laughs) 12 months of Netflix. Yeah, 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 you're about right. Exactly. So if you, if you if you cover for a pedophile, this is what you get: twelve months of Netflix. In your opinion, is that sufficient? Well, the problem is, I think that our laws are still catching up to this, and our laws are outdated or need updating because yeah. um the judges often restricted what they can and can't do because of um the current laws in place, and they um, don't match you know um, community expectations. They don't. They don't. And, and 12 months and, and house detention is just ridiculous. We think about the suffering that so many victims have gone through. And we've heard their stories. They're horrific. Yeah. And yet it's 12 months house Yeah, detention. these victims have been given a life sentence and he gets 12 months of Netflix. Yeah, and then refusing to resign. And, and well, the thing is the magistrate, you know, the judge here in this particular situation could have given him, uh, you know, 12 months in prison. 
that would have been a, a better statement. Um, it, it would have been, and it would have been better for the Catholic Church. It would have been better for everybody if that had taken place. But um, you, you sort of wonder. Well, it just sort of it, it really does make you wonder what's going on here. Well, we currently have Cardinal George Pelwe for our court, so I'm interested where that ends up. I mean, he's the third highest ranking, um, you know, person within. Roman Catholicism, which is the largest church within Christianity. I mean, this is a massive scandal to Christianity. And if we don't show a strong, um, a strong stand against these kinds of um, this kind of abuse, then it makes us the laughing stock of the world, especially in the church. We should be the people that are at the forefront of um, defending and protecting our children. Yeah, absolutely. Abuse is abuse is something that is rife, unfortunately. Yes, amongst the yep. general population and amongst our community, it should be much, much lower within the church community. We should and be the safe place for children. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, of course, that's been a large part of your ministry, I know, in creating you know, what we call safe places for children. Yes, yes. And, uh, and, and we had um, safe places. Now we have AdSafe, which is the new version of that. And we had uh, Anne Woolridge here uh, last last week. We, um, we interviewed Anne, um, who's in charge of Safe or Ad Safe for the entire South Pacific, talking about you know, particularly challenges here in Australia and and our response to the Royal Commission. Um, and so that was a, a a great new segment. But um, yeah, so um, yeah, moving on from there. Okay, so if within, within our conference, within our division, what kind of boundaries do we put in place? to ensure that grooming does not take place in our institutions. Yeah, well, it is very subtle, so it is really hard to pick up. Um, but we have got some barriers in place, which are things like um, making sure that you're never in a one-on-one setting with a child. Okay. Um, so, so that's a big one, is is children should always be in our public sphere of space, public spaces, um, should be in the centre of what we do. When they're taken to the fringes, that's when this sort of thing can occur. So keep children in the centre. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the safety is. It's like in the middle of the herd. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. In the middle of the herd and the herd gives protection. Now, as a, ch- as, as a children's pastor, if a child comes to you um, and wants counselling um, and wants to talk to you privately, what's, what's your actual responsibility? What are, the, what are the guidelines that you're given that, uh, yes. that you must abide by in that kind of a situation? Well, again, it's... Um, don't go behind closed doors. Um, you, you can do counselling or, um, or sit down the child in a public setting. So for me, it might be in, in the back pew of the church area there. Or Where there's other people in other the Other people can see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, we should have glass doors in all of our offices and all of our spaces anyway so that people going by can see in and see exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. A bit like we have here at Faith FM. It's yep. very, very open. Very fishbowl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We call it the fishbowl, the Faith yeah. FM fishbowl. That's right. That's right. But, but yeah, um, you can you can counsel these children in a open office area or somewhere where others are present so that there's never anybody that can accuse either way that something's going on. Sure, so, sure. So, so there's, always, there's always somebody who is at least watching. That's right. Now, what about the conversation? Do you ha- do you have guidelines? And I'm asking here because I don't know the answers. Do you have guidelines as to um, what you can and can't talk about with children? Because you know, children will often talk about some very, very, or, or want to talk about some very, very private issues. You know, for instance, um, their sexual fantasies or something yep. like that. Which, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, that would be um, a prime opportunity for a pedophile to you know to, to to groom that kind of a conversation and direct that kind of a conversation. 
you know, the idea is um, well, we don't know what kids are going to talk about, so you sure. can't you can't sort of say, oh, stop, stop, I can't talk about that. So, but yeah, allow the conversation to occur, mm-hmm. but let the child know that that there are other people you need to tell when they tell you that conversation. So mm-hmm. um, you always refer up and to AdSafe, whatever other body is available, and, and they need to know that you are a um, mandatory reporter and, and mm-hmm. you need to get people that can help in whatever situation occurs. So sure. um, the idea is that um, as a pastor, I'm not a professional. So, so mm-hmm. my idea is to refer up to the professionals what, what the conversation is deemed um Need to go that far. So if they're doing some of those touchy subjects, um, I very quickly say this is not my area, and you got you got to know your area, know yeah, where yeah, your boundary yeah, is. Yep. And when they cross that boundary, refer up, refer out, find the best experts that can deal in that situation. And uh, you know, with our school chaplains, I guess exactly the same guidelines for chaplains as for pastors. Yes, yes same guidelines. Um, know your boundaries. Um, refer to the best you can find with whatever situation it is, and. Um, we often make sure that schools and churches have those sorts of people available that they know that they can contact the office and we'll give them a list of people they can quickly refer to if need be. So, sure, sure. So, yeah. and, and our chaplains, they, they get to uh, to sit in a glass fish bowl like. Um, well, the yeah, especially the schools, chaplains do have glass fish bowls. Um, right. They're often in a public space. They're, they've got windows um, well set up. Um, there's often more than one chaplain in the rooms now. There's a primary chaplain, a mm-hmm. high school chaplain. So mm-hmm. that's very helpful um, to make sure that. Everyone's protected. Sure, sure. Now, um, just, just just sort of moving on from that, you know, sexual activity amongst um, children is common. Um, a lot of a lot of it's not illegal. That's right. Um, you know, w- that children are involved in. How do we? Wait, reach- wait, wait, what do you mean it's not illegal? It's not illegal between when, when you know. Oh, when instance, kids want to hang out with other kids. It's yes, not- oh, yeah. sometimes the age. Age based on how wide the age Goodness is me. between the two. Okay. You know, and, and there's a lot of children. You know, once they hit their pu- pu- puberty, they're you know they're practicing masturbation and these kind of yep. things. And obviously, they're going to have questions about that. They they might come to a school counselor to talk about something like that, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and so forth. How do we how do we how do we reach children that are struggling with guilt? Yeah, I guess um the first thing is that we as a a um, listener need to make sure we have a non anxious presence. Um, mm-hmm. So try not to be surprised or or condemn. Mm-hmm. Um, but to realise that we are all sinners yep. and and we're all saved by grace. So um, the idea is to um, to listen, to reassure, um, to put in place some some help that may be needed for them if they need if they're asking for help mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to help with that. But to um, to be careful to not condemn, sure. um, but to love as Christ would love the child. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really important. I want to come back to that in just a moment. But before I do, while we're um, <coughs> it was just coming to me while we're talking about this issue of grooming, and we're talking about you know Archbishop Philip Wilson, and of course the Catholic Church has really been in the news a lot. Um, you know, we've even got um, George Pell, um, who um, you know looks currently like in the courts, currently in the courts, and um, you know just doing some research that I presented last week between 1968 and 1971. And this is older research because it takes a long time, as you've stated it, before. It takes about up to 30 years sometimes. For allegations to come forward. But if we look at um, priests who graduated in Victoria, 5.5% uh, of them during that period have been convicted of pedophilia and a further 20 out of the 78 have resigned as a result of allegations, which is incredibly high numbers. It is, um, yes. And you compare that with the Anglican Church, that's much that's much higher than the general population, but you know, the Anglican Church, which is our second biggest church in this country, um, the convictions and allegations are much lower than the general population amongst priests. 
And so one of the things that I wanted to explore this morning is, you know, the relationship that we have in a counseling setting with, you know, as past children's mm. pastors and chaplains um, compa- compared to, you know, the confessional box. So just thinking about the confessional box for a moment, and I want parents to listen to this in particular, but this gives access to children, doesn't it? Very much so. And, and also the confessional where a child is vulnerable, um, sharing what's on their mind and on their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that and because it's a one-on-one setting. Well, by definition, it's one-on-one. Yeah. By definition, you're going into a small room with a child, one-on-one, and then quizzing them about their sexual fantasies. Yes, yeah. And then, of course, that gives you information as to their vulnerability. You are now you now have access to information as to okay, this child is more vulnerable because you know they might be being abused at home, or they might have this or that or the other. You then have power over that child because you know all of their secrets. And, and that's um that's the worry that the Royal Commission found was that the commercial box has been used to groom mm-hmm. and to perpetrate abuse. And and they've recommended to the Catholic Church that, that they do something about this because it's, it's a, a real issue. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, was two recommendations that I noted um, coming out of the Royal Commission was one to get rid of um, auricular confession and the other was to get rid of celibacy of the priesthood. Yes. Has the yeah. Catholic Church responded to either of those suggestions? Um, not that I know of, but they have not. Pope Francis has yet to uh, act on uh, Archbishop Phyllis, Philip Wilson. You know, I mean, this is a situation where the other bishops have called on him to resign. They don't have the power to boot him out. Pope Francis is the only person who has the power to sack him, and he's done nothing to this particular point. Do you really think the Catholic Church is going to do away with the confessional box and do away with celibacy? Because isn't that part of like their integral belief system? Well, that's what they're saying. Um, they say, "Oh, this is you can't do away with something that the priest is basically representing God and um, the confessionals." The, the, there's a big debate now as to how far can the law interfere in the church realm, and that's a mm. big debate in itself. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And but it seems to me like your confessional box, and I know we're getting a little bit sidetracked onto this, is almost like custom designed to set priests up to fall. You know, combine it with celibacy, and to set children up to be groomed. Yes, you know, it's just yeah. by definition, you are one on one in a room, quizzing a child about you know sexuality. Yeah, and, and this right. should never happen in a in a counselling environment. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It breaks all the rules. But I also um should suggest that at that time, and I don't hope it's not present today. There was a culture amongst the priests, especially at these colleges, our preparation college, of, of breeding this culture of um, perpetration. It was yeah. seen as something they could do. Um, and so it was almost like passed down from from one priest to the next and, and it became multi-generational in, in perpetration. And that's mm. very, very sad to, to read that. And you would hope it's not happening today. Absolutely. Okay, so, so Darren, a child comes to you and they're struggling with sexual sin. How do you lead them to Christ? How do you lead them to forgiveness? Um, how do you? How do you? How does a child give his life to Christ and receive freedom from that the, the guilt that they might be dealing with? You know, with what has taken place. Yeah. Well. Well. Basically, it's um the child needs to realise that they're not unusual. That that mm-hmm. we're all sinners. Um, number one. So um, taking those classic texts that the way of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, and that, and that God can forgive, and and that God has provided a way out. Um. Depending on the severity of what's going on, you might want to refer, as I said, out to some professional yep. help as well, if Absolutely. need be, um, to help break whatever habit or, or um, problem that may be um, and realise, again, your limits as a chaplain or a pastor. Yeah, um, and I guess what I'm thinking here is, um, you know, we've got some, some, some Roman Catholics um, who love our show, praise the Lord, 
And uh, if they're thinking, okay, what's my alternative to the confessional box? How does this child receive... How do they receive forgiveness if they can't go to confession? Because I'm saying don't take your kids there because this is not a healthy environment. Yeah, well, I think um, refer out, and there's some great Christian counsellors out there, mm-hmm. um, and my advice would be um, reassure the child that they're, they're, um, that they're a good person, loved by God, mm-hmm. and say that, yeah, I can refer you out to some really good Catholic counsellors. Sure. That, yeah. that can help you if need be. Yep. So that's my, my suggestion. And can, they, can a child find forgiveness for what has taken place directly from God? Let's say for a child listener who's well, listening right now. when I read my Bible, it says um, that, that we can go directly to, the, to Jesus. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Yes, and, and, and find, find grace there and find forgiveness and find acceptance and love. So yeah. I would be encouraged a child to pray that sinner's prayer and to... Um, take their their issues straight to God. Absolutely, absolutely. This is the solution right here, um, and this is this is really what I hear this morning. Is um, the solution to sin, the solution to freedom from guilt, is by going all direct us. for all of us, all of us, from the youngest to the oldest, is to go directly to. I am to so Jesus glad Christ. that I can talk to Jesus about this. Absolutely. Thank no you so else. much. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Darren. It's been fantastic. This is Abby Eaton.
Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.
Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. <laughs> well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.